welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. In the past few months, I had quite a few discussions with different clients on smart surfaces. And the uh, th those of you reading my uh, CES report, uh, those of you that listen to the uh, CES episode, know that one of the few really exciting exhibits at the CES this year was from a uh, an automotive supplier from northern Bavaria and uh, they cooperated with uh, Swarovski um, those guys that make these sparkling glittering glass pieces and they had an exhibit where you could press one of these glass buttons and then an illumination of the surface itself appeared And with that, you could fine-tune something. So, for example, there was one glass button for volume. And then uh, you press that one. And then a bar appeared in a surface. And uh, you could then select the volume. And the same with the temperature. And so, that, that was a demonstrator um, they were showing there. So, for me, it is a trend that is visible. That smart surfaces seem to be... Uh, something people talk about in the automotive industry that seem to pop up in, in cars, in vehicle interiors. So I'm making this episode on this one. Just my thoughts uh, on, on smart surfaces. And the first question always is, is it really a trend or is it a buzzword? There are definitely a few use cases. In some And in some aspects, it, it remains questionable whether they will be sufficient, whether these use cases will really make enough sense to, to bring this technology to the market. So maybe it's not as big as it is discussed today. I mean, any of the big automotive interior companies is talking about smart surfaces and they're all having demonstrators. They're all exploring the technologies. They're all thinking about the use cases and the implementation and then the realization and they all think about how to produce all this and so yes um, there is a certain trend question again is is it really a big trend or is it having components of of a buzzword of, of a hype let's make a few steps backward We as humans, we are analog beings. We live in an analog world and our natural senses 
are not made to uh, understand, read, see um, digital data. So digital data is basically something that happens on, on silicone chips and bits and bytes are on that one and they're moved around there. And this is not naturally visible um, to, to us. So we need to turn all this digital information into analog information. So we, we, we need means to see, to understand, to recognize digital information and to manipulate it. And, and all these are analog devices. And whether this is a touchscreen, a mouse, or a keyboard, or whether it is a smart surface, which is the thing we want to talk about here today, um, we, we need this analog interface because we as analog beings with our analog fingers and our analog eyes and our analog ears and our analog feet, we need analog devices to, to manipulate all this digital data. And second thought up front, in uh, 2007, um, there was a turning point in HMIs in the availability of uh, or the accessibility of digital data and the availability of uh, touchscreens. That was the day or uh, the year when the first iPhone, the first Apple iPhone came out. And um, besides the fact that it collected different functions, um, there was this touchscreen on top of it. And there had been touchscreens before. Um, they were in cars and there were different devices, but that was the first time in uh, the history of technology that this device became, in this high quality it had, uh, became available to a large, larger, large number of people. And with all these interaction options, with the swiping and the two-finger zooming and uh, all the gestures that you have on this, um, that was totally new. And that was the, the step when smartphones moved from devices with buttons on top to devices with a touchscreen on, on top. And all other domains, oh, smart home devices, uh, in-vehicle devices, um, even medical devices, control devices, they all followed that particular path. And either they are already on the way or, or they, they will be in the very close future. So the, the introduction of a smartphone, the first iPhone, changed the way we interact with technology. And this is reflected on smart surfaces. Very often they are either glass or other materials and you can do these exact kind of interactions, these exact kind of gestures with the pressing, tapping, swiping, double-clicking, whatever is possible there. So that moves now into the surfaces of vehicles. Those of you that know me a bit better, um, those of you that uh, follow my podcast, that read my reports, know that I have the deepest belief that technology can never be intelligent. I believe that intelligence is connected to life, is closely connected to human life or to, to animals living, but it's definitely not connected to, to technology. 
And of course, these surfaces that we talk about, I mean, we talk about uh, trim parts, we talk about glass surfaces and cars. Um, all of that is not intelligence and the means that intelligence is in its closest definition. And even if you say that technology is something like deep learning or yeah, it's not the surface itself that is anyhow intelligence and there's not even real computing power behind this. So if there is any kind of interactivity, if there is um, any kind of um, yeah, connectivity between the human and the technology, the part that seems to be intelligence is not the surface itself. It's the computing power. It's a box. It's a yeah. It's a box that is hidden somewhere. Just uh, to let you know. So I I think that these surfaces they are active, they are interactive, they are reactive, and but but they are not smart in a way that uh, or intelligent uh, in, in a way that I believe uh, smartness and intelligence should be defined. But as everybody is talking about smart surfaces and there is a broad, rough, common understanding in the automotive industry what a smart surface is, I will bend down and use this term in the way all the others are using it, although I believe it's the wrong term. So I think active surface or interactive surface or reactive surface those were terms that describe far better um, what this technology is about. All right, let's get a little deeper into it. So the first thing is we talk about a functional integration here. We have these surfaces in vehicles and we integrate interaction options. We integrate input devices like... Uh, touch devices, uh, like cameras, like even maybe radar sensors. And so we have all these different input devices. And we also have output devices like illumination, maybe a speaker that uh, allows sound output. So basically we enrich the surfaces in vehicles with sensors and actuators. And the surfaces we are talking about are what today are decorative parts or maybe fabrics on seats or fabrics on surfaces, elements of the seats or the glass surfaces, maybe even the windows. Um, those surfaces are the ones we talk about today. We are until today, we have um, the steering wheel as one of the major interaction devices and they usually there are buttons on top of the steering wheel and then we are having the paddles and we're having the navigation screen and the center console with different parts and surfaces smart surfaces go beyond this so all, all the parts of the vehicle that are not yet interactive become interactive by adding these sensors and actuators so what, what kind of sensors um, do we do we talk about? So first of all, it's all these touch features, these touch screen features, all the things we have learned during interacting with our smartphones or tablets. They suddenly become possible maybe on a trim part in a door. So we, we have this in there. 
Then uh, gesture recognition, I, I talked about these radar devices, maybe also ultrasonic or ultra uh, infrared uh, uh, devices, base devices, whatever technology, but you can then make gestures and recognize them. You can integrate microphones, speech recognition microphones. You can measure physiological parameters, or you can measure the general behavior of a, of a human in a, in a driver's seat. So this may be useful if you want to control the physiological state of a driver. So things like the heart rate or the skin resistance. And if you, if you touch a certain area in your car, which is a smart surface, um, then your, your heartbeat may be measured and the device may tell you or the car may tell you, hey, Peter, cool down. Um, I have everything under control. You are safe. So you lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure. All, all good here. So, something like this, scenarios like this. And then in these smart surfaces, we are having actuators. So very often visual information, illuminations. Um, so the, the basic strategy of these smart surfaces is that they look like a piece of wood or a piece of leather or a piece of glass. And they, they are dark. There is nothing to see. And if you approach that, um, this device is illuminated. And then you can suddenly see interaction devices, buttons, active areas, um, sliders um, that, that, that you can use, you can interact. But also many of these surfaces allow the use of ambient light in a vehicle. Then smart surfaces can give you acoustic information. They can give you information on... Uh, yeah, sounds, beep tones, then vibrations, haptic feedback. So if you touch it and, and, and you run over this with your fingertips on this beautifully designed piece of wood, and then uh, you can feel, okay, there is a button and you can press it and you get a haptic feedback and now it's done, now it's okay. Micromorphing is a super interesting technology. So surfaces change their appearance, change their surface, surfaces, change their surface. Hmm. All right, so, so there are little things, little button shapes um, coming out of the surface using micromorphing uh, technologies. And I had this discussion um, quite, quite some time ago with a big automotive OEM, and we were thinking... How can we indicate that uh, to, to the driver that an electric vehicle is ready to go? If you have a combustion engine, there is usually a little vibration. Uh, maybe you can hear it. But how is an electric car communicating to the driver, hey, I'm ready to go, you can, you can drive now? We had, had the idea of micromorphing surfaces indicating some kind of heartbeat. So if, if you touch um, your car, if you touch maybe the central controller, uh, if you touch uh, the center stack, you can feel that there is some kind of heartbeat that shows you, all right, this car is active and uh, it can go now. And another use of smart surfaces are heating elements. So you can heat the car with that. With combustion engine, we have the situation that uh, they produce a lot of heat um, that is usually wasted. 
and you can get this into the vehicle interior and heat it with that. Electric engines do not produce that much heat, so you need to have extra heating elements in a vehicle. And it seems like um, heating the surfaces is an efficient way because, I mean, if you, if you use the battery of your car to, to, to warm up the interior, you will lose range. Uh, you cannot use this energy anymore for the engine. And so you have to balance that. And it seems like heating elements uh, on the surfaces are a good and, for, first of all, efficient way of warming up a car interior. The basic idea of smart surfaces is um, that the elements, the components, the interactions, the buttons, uh, the interaction parts are invisible when they're not used, when they're not uh, required. And they become visible when they are either needed. Um, for example, when the car detects, hey, you should do something, and then it pops up. Or if I approach a certain space, a certain location in the vehicle with my hand. And here we reach the borders towards Shytech. And these borders are not really clear, so Shytech is some part of smart surfaces and the other way around. In some parts, it is um, just a matter of definition that we have here. But the idea is that you have a more or less clean surface, and when you approach it, becomes visible, and then you can interact with this on a straight surface. One of the HMI trends, the human machine interface trends in automotive that I see are liquid HMIs. If you remember the old times, uh, you had a car radio and there was one round button and you can control the, the volume with that. And with that volume button, yeah, you can turn up the volume down or up, uh, or whatever you wanted to. And this button had this one single functionality. And the only way of changing the volume of your car radio was turning that knob. And this trend is, yeah, that, 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 is, that is not, the, I mean, future, future in-vehicle HMIs will have more than one location to change one parameter. So you can use, for example, the touchscreen, you can use the button, you can use the steering of your devices, you may use the, the central controller in your car to change the volume. Maybe you can even use the, 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 the voice recognition to do this. And so it, it becomes liquid. It's the same with all the different kinds of, of displays. So in the old times, the radio frequency was only shown on the radio display. Today, you can see it in the center stack, you can see it in the head-up display, you can see it in the cluster display. So there are different locations. So this is what I mean with liquid HMIs, that the liquidity of interactions is, is, is a strong trend that we have in automotive. And smart surfaces support this. They can move um, the means of interaction, the device of interaction, to different locations inside the vehicles. Okay, let's get a little deeper into advantages and disadvantages of uh, smart surfaces. 
clear advantage is you can use larger areas, more real estate in the vehicle. You can create this redundancy I just talked about with the liquid HMIs, that you have more than one location to, to manipulate certain functions in a car. One example for that where it is where I see a very strong use case is if you go to automation level 3 or even more on level 4, the drivers, the, the person behind the steering wheel, will move in the seat or move the seat in the car. So if you're on level 4, you usually have a few minutes to get back into the control loop, to get back into a driving position. So users will lean back, um, they will move their seats backwards. And then, by nature, you cannot reach your dashboard anymore. You cannot reach your center stack anymore. So you cannot reach your steering wheel anymore. So all these devices are not in your range anymore, not in your action, interaction range anymore. But if you move certain core functionalities, for example, into the door panels, if you turn the door panels into smart surfaces, you can control the certain the core, core uh, features from there. And you do not need to lean forward or you do not need to move, remove your seat to just adjust the volume uh, or change the radio station or change the playlist, whatever you want to do. Um, so so that, that is a use case that I see that you make interaction points more flexible, that you use more space in the vehicle for the interaction with the car. And then if you move on to, to level 5 or even sometimes on level 4, there are many of these concepts where you can rotate the front seats so that you sit backwards in the car to get some kind of lounge feeling or meeting room or living room feeling. So you can do that. And the problem is if you turn around your seat, you cannot reach again the dashboard, the steering wheel anymore or the center stack. So you need surfaces in the vehicle. You need other locations to, train, uh, to, to, to manipulate core functions of the car. And this could be, again, the surfaces in the door, the door panels, the roof, but also maybe on the seat or attached to the seat so that you get a larger flexibility in the interaction. You can then use, and um, let's go back to more like today's driving, um, you can use uh, the output abilities of smart surfaces in a context-sensitive way. For example, if you drive on a highway and you want to change the lane, you have usually these small uh, indicators in the rearview mirrors that show you, hey, there is another car, you should not do this, or there's another car approaching. And if you use uh, the entire door panel or the trim parts in the door and you have them flashing, that is very intuitive because you say, okay, on the left side of me, there is something red flashing, so I should not drive there. I should not make this lane change right now. So that, that, that could be one of the, or that is one of the use cases that I see. And you can do this with all kinds of, of parts. So for example, if you drive on, on level two, you have a shared task. So the car is doing something, the lateral and, and the longitudinal control, for example, then um, you can show this uh, maybe on the A-pillars or on the surfaces of the dashboard. So, okay, it's all green, so it is doing the left-right thing, it's doing the, the uh, acceleration and braking thing, the, the, this car. And if it doesn't do it anymore, um, these smart surfaces, they turn red. 
and um, then you know okay there there is a change in the in the mode uh, you can create situation awareness and you can make people aware about the driving mode that you have there this again is a very strong area these are very strong use cases that i see for these interactive services for for illuminated panels A strong advantage of smart surfaces is that you can use haptic characters of certain materials. You can use these materials on top to create user experience. For example, leather, glass, wood, yeah, non-painted wood, uh, certain fabric like silk, for example. You can use this one to increase the, the user experience. Uh, to say, okay, this feels great. This feels good. I love to touch this. And I can do something with it. It's not just for my pleasure. It's also to, to manipulate uh, parameters of my vehicle. For example, the temperature of the air condition. So I can do this. And, and, and I love to touch this surface because it's, it meets my taste. It's well done. It's, it's high value. So that, that is a point where, where uh, these surface structures can be used in smart surfaces to create positive user experience. One of the big arguments, and I can follow this, of course, um, of, of uh, the producers of smart surfaces is that you minimize the visual complexity of the interior. You can make elements, components invisible. You get into the car and you have the feeling, hey, this is clean, this is straight, this is not overwhelming me, this is not overloaded with interaction possibilities. And they become visible when you need them, either when you, when you search for them with, the, with your hand or if, you, um, if they, they are required, then, then they pop up, um, you, you can see them and you can interact with them. And that will lead... Under some circumstances, in some contexts, uh, contexts to a reduction of driver distraction. Now, this takes us straight to the disadvantages of smart surfaces as we discuss them here. And for me, the biggest one is that uh, this reduction of uh, complexity is only a perceived reduction in complexity. The complexity is still there but it is hidden. And the interaction options, they become invisible because we hide them and we want to reduce the visual complexity. And the user must search for them. Or even in some cases, if you get into a rental car and, and, and uh, you just don't check it fully before you start, you may not be even be aware that there is a certain function that may be helpful for you because you just don't see it. I mean, if, if there is a button with an icon on it or a, a, a writing on it, and it says something to you, it talks to you, interacts with you, then you know, okay, um, there is this function in the car, and if I press this button, I can use it. This is not possible with these smart services that hide these functions. So the reduction, the uh, reduction in complexity is an advantage, but at the same time, a strong disadvantage then we have the distribution of functions. What is where that's connected to it? How can I use it? And all this may lead to driver distraction, to mental distraction. I need to search in the car and I need to think, where was it? I need to remind it. And 
there is one HMI rule that says recognition instead of recall. So if you recognize a function, that's always better than if you have to recall it, if you have to, to remember it. So those are, from my point of view, the disadvantages, plus the fact that today most of these trim parts, these surface parts, are pretty straightforward, uh, no electronics in it, um, that reduces the amount of development, the complexity of development, that reduces um, the amount of testing required for these parts, and it reduces the efforts in production and uh, uh, mounting them in, into vehicles. So we add complexity to parts with smart surfaces, to parts that are pretty straightforward, maybe just a piece of plastic, a piece of wood, uh, a piece of leather, and, and now we suddenly have electronics in it, we may have computing power in it, we have, they're connected to the CAN buses or other bus systems in the car. So we add this complexity on any level of, of uh, the car development and, and production. All right, quick summary. Um, for me, smart surfaces are not really smart. Um, intelligence, smartness is, for me, connected to life, to living beings. Um, so I would prefer to call them active surfaces or interactive surfaces or reactive surfaces. But the main trend is still saying, all right, um, these are smart surfaces. They make sense if they are well designed. And I really love the idea uh, to use all the advantages um, that, that I have mentioned to create a new and a positive user experience in vehicle interiors. But we get a couple of disadvantages like the invisibility of functions um, that uh, have the downturn that you need to search, that you need to recall where is what, how can I use what, where are the functions that I want, which at the very end will lead to, to driver distraction and maybe to exactly the opposite of what is intended. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.